back to Language Chats. This is a podcast for language lovers in Australia and beyond, where we share our experiences of language learning with you, as well as the stories of other Australians and a few international guests who love learning, working with and communicating using other languages. I'm Beck, And I'm Penny, and we'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which we're recording today, the Wadawurrung people and the Wurundjeri people, and pay our respects to Elders past and present. And back in today's episode, we are talking about listening, ways we practice listening, um, ways we love to practice listening. Are you a listening fanatic when it comes to your language learning? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I think I probably do a little more listening than I probably should, if I'm totally Mm. honest. Um, Like... You know, if we were out of the four the four sort of skills, listening, speaking, reading and writing, um, I acknowledge that it should probably be equally split four ways, <laughs> as in your time and efforts should yep. probably be split four ways. Um, I probably spend more time listening or more than any of the others. Yeah, like, okay. Probably. Is that because, and I think that's a very natural thing for us all to kind of drift towards, but do you think as well because listening is is one of the, I guess, the passive ways of language learning, we mm-hmm. have this tendency to drift towards there because it's, well, I guess because it's passive? Yeah, <laughs> um, well, almost certainly. I mean, I, I think it is, it is passive and to say like it's Passive. I guess passive kind of sounds like a negative word these days, doesn't it? Um, Well, it sounds like you don't do anything. Yeah, which is like... mm, (laughs) I guess it can be true. You are doing something, but there's levels of how much you can be like... Active, active passivity. Is that a word? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I don't know quite how to describe that. Like I think you can be listening to some like... If you have something, it's like listening to music, right? You could have music on in the background while you're doing other things and you're not really paying attention to it, but it's on. doesn't mean that you're not hearing it, but you're definitely not like focused on it. Um, At the other end of the scale, you could be like, you know, you've got your headphones on, you're listening very intently to a piece of music or a record or something. You might be listening to all of the words and you know all the lyrics. And even though both of those things are listening, one of them is more active than the other. Yeah. And I have read a term as well um, by a language blogger. I think it might have been Katie from Joy of Languages who said about this term deliberate listing. And I mm. like that because that kind of shows that it's it's not really the passive form. It's actually you being quite active in your listing yes. and doing it with purpose. I like that too, deliberate mm. listening. Mm. So if you... If you had to, I guess, <laughs> talk us through what you kind of factor in or what you consider as part of your listening regimen, <laughs> <laughs> what, what what qualifies, what makes it in for the Beck, for the Beck list? <laughs> um, well, I think there's a whole, like, range of things that I would probably do that encompass listening. And also probably, to be fair, some of these things are not purely listening but listening is part of them. Mm -hmm. Um, So like at one end of the scale, um, I like listening to podcasts. 
Yeah. So I'm like, oh, surprise, surprise. The two people who who create a podcast also like listening to other podcasts. <laughs> um, so I quite listening. To, I quite like listening to podcasts um, in languages that I am learning or have learnt, um, and that's something that I find um, really enjoyable. And do you you listen to podcasts that are aimed at learners or are you listening to podcasts that are kind of aimed at more a native level type speaker? Um, It depends. Mm. So I think, and that that entirely depends on my my own level in the the language in question Mm -hmm. and also depends on how deliberately I'm listening. And how you're feeling. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So like, for example, um, I have recently been listening to a podcast in Danish that is for Danish learners. Um, And that even for me, I find that sometimes like I know it's for learners and it's created for learners. Sometimes it's still really hard for me to follow. Um, but it does have like notes and stuff that come with it. So in that sense, I can kind of be deliberate about my listening to it or I I can listen to it a bit more passively. Then I can listen to it another time and be much more deliberate. Then I can listen to it again and I can listen to it with notes and I can follow along like and try and pick out some of the things that are mentioned in the notes. So like there are multiple levels of being able to use the same podcast as a resource yeah fantastic yeah um but then with other languages like I could listen to a podcast in French for example um and I could you know listen to that at a much higher level because my understanding is um much better in in French than it is in Danish what about you tell me about do you do you listen to podcasts in the language I've kind of I've gone through fits and starts and I Ages ago when I was back kind of learning French, I really got into the Coffee Break language series. Mm-hmm. So that was a good um, refresher, little bite-sized, fun little snippets aimed very much at learners and at the beginner kind of level or people who need a refresh as well. Yep. Um, and then some of the kind of slow podcasts have been good I'm not kind of listening to any at the moment but um you can pretty much find them in kind of any language that you desire well you know the main ones Mm. um so they've been good and I found quite a few when I was doing Japanese as well um which were quite fun there's one called um Nihongo Kon Teppe which was which was cute and, um, yeah, just like, again, little snippets of information that I wasn't quite as um, active as you are with the Danish one. I would just listen to it and not not do any follow-through. Although I do remember with the coffee break I would take notes and yeah. I would, um, you know, refresh my notes and look at them before I listened to the next episode as well. So that was sure. a bit more active. There's definitely um, something to be said for the times when you are not deliberately listening but just like having it in the background though like I don't I don't think that that is valueless um I don't think so either yeah like just having the I don't know whether like have hearing hearing the sounds and the becoming 
those sounds becoming familiar to you, you know, the rhythm of the language and the melodies and stuff that you hear in, um, in the way that, that yeah, yeah, the intonation, the way that it's spoken. I think you don't, you don't always have to be fully intently, um, like, you know, listening and, and making notes. You can still glean a lot from just having the sounds playing somewhere. Yeah, for sure. And I think um, film and TV come into that as well because if you're not being quite deliberate with the way that you're watching and, you know, pausing, taking notes, repeating, that kind of thing, that is that kind of passive listening exercise as well. Yes. Um, And I love, we've talked about this many times, but I do love a good YouTube (laughs) video (laughs) and I think I love having the the visual lined yep. up with the audio. I think that really works for me. Yeah. And I guess this is going slightly off, but that can also be kind of a reading exercise too if yes. you have subtitles, can't it? Yep, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but repetition I think is a really good point, especially for listening practice. Um. And I like it that, you know, thinking back to my classroom days when we did listening exercises, we were never expected to get it on the first go. I always remember we used to have, you know, at least two two listens, perhaps three. And I think that's a good thing to remember, isn't it, that you each time you listen you glean more info and mm-hmm that we shouldn't probably expect too much of ourselves just on that first listen, particularly of if the level is pitched slightly higher than we're currently, which is I think is a good thing. Like you should um, have challenge a little yourself. challenge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's a really like it's a really important thing to remember, as you said, about repetition um, and the good thing about having any kind of audio listening that is something that's repeatable, so whether it's a podcast or, you know, some some other kind of recording or a video, for example, that you can watch again and again. Like I, I quite like to use the first listen and th- this comes from years ago at school as well. Like I think that may- maybe this is just how we were taught to, <laughs> to do listening exercises for exams and things like that, but I think it's still a valuable um, it's still a valuable process. The first time you listen, listen for overall context. So mm. like, you know, what what do you pick up in just listening to it kind of regularly um, without focusing too much on the kind of finite small elements of the, the whole recording or the whole piece or whatever it is. Um, and then when you listen to it uh, at the end of that, go, okay, well, how much did I understand um, did I understand none of it and did all of that go over my head? Um, did I pick up something? Did I pick up a few words? Do I know what the topic of this is? Um, and then on your second listen or, you know, multiple listens thereafter, you can you can tune in, I guess, more specifically onto particular parts of that listening exercise. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that. I think it's really good to get that context overall, isn't it? And Yeah, exactly. Because otherwise if you go too detailed on the first listen, you could kind of freak yourself out a bit by feeling like you don't understand anything because, of course, when you try and focus on one thing as you're 
focusing on that, you're missing stuff that's coming afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that that is something that, yeah, I feel like we were taught to do for exams because, of course, you can only listen to something twice maybe in an exam, maybe three times, um, and you might have comprehension questions or something to, to answer after that. But it's still something good to remember like now as an adult who can, you know, as an adult or maybe you know maybe you are a student who's still needing to do those kinds of assessments but even if you don't have assessments to take it's still a good strategy so funny as you're as you're talking I've got this image in my head like I'm sitting at a desk and I've got this paper in front of me (laughs) my my pencil's like just madly scribbling all these random words and like a mixture of like (laughs) English characters (laughs) (laughs) pinyin Whatever can get out there because, you know, when you if you are doing an assessment, you've got to try and get down as much as possible. And sometimes you're in a real rush when you're listening, aren't you? It just yeah. brings back memories back. <laughs> well, I mean, and the other thing it's like you always get taught to do in these listening exercises, well, always read the question, questions first so you know mm-hmm. what you're looking for. Yeah. And I guess that's the other thing too. Like you can use that kind of strategy too when you are listening and doing your learning now, um, even if you're not doing an assessment of any kind. but you know, if you're listening to a a podcast for, you know, or something that you found online for learners, even if it's a YouTube video and you know what the title is, maybe there's a short description, that already is setting you up to be like, okay, I know what I'm listening for here in terms of what the theme is or what the topic of the, what the topic of the audio is going to be. And that can help you to piece together the context Um to hopefully mean that whatever it is that you're listening to is kind of like comprehensible input um, and not just like an onslaught of language that you're not sure whether or not you'll understand. <laughs> yeah. Has um has dictation activities been part of your language lesson, I guess particularly in a classroom setting? Yeah. Uh, that, wow, that's a really good question. Dictation, um, I remember doing it maybe once or twice um in French at school um not very often although weirdly I know it's a really traditional French thing to do like dictation is is, like something that's quite common in France I don't know if that's I I don't know if they still do it but I I know that it was it used to be certainly a really um traditional way of testing students um, it's a very popular thing in a Chinese classroom. Oh, is it really? Yeah, and I, I you know, I, I used to have quite fond feelings for the old tingly dictation. Yeah, what did you, <laughs> yeah. Well, how did you how did you find it? Was it initially just like really hard? Yeah, initially, I mean, initially it's just super basic. It's just you know one kind of sound, and okay. it's about picking the tones, and that's how you start mm. kind of with the dictation and with the listening. And I think with tonal languages, the listening aspect is, you know, kind of like next level because you do spend a lot of time um, learning and and practising that at the very beginning of your kind of language journey. Mm -hmm. Um, And it can be a bit frustrating sometimes, but I think, you know, in the end it's it's all all good, all that foundation stuff hopefully, you know, builds on. Um, from there but then as you kind of get better and more confident you know it starts to be you know proper sentences and um, you can you can use um, dictation to test for character comprehension as well as um, 
opinion and tones and just general comprehension. Like you can really mm-hmm. you know, do all kinds of things with them. Yeah, it's um, very interesting. Mm. I feel like it's all about tuning your ears, right? And I mean, I suppose that that is what all of listening practice, practicing listening, is about. It's tuning tuning your ears to listen to and to hear and to understand these different these different sounds of a new language um, that you're not used to, or trying to practice remembering what all of those things sound like and them coming together in sentences. Yeah. For sure. And that, that brings me to another thing that <laughs> I, um, I remember a lot from, from beginner days in Vietnamese and in Chinese actually is the whole, the, the listing and the mimicking of the sounds. Um, yes. So, I mean, I know that's, you know, straying into speaking territory, but it is really listening and then repeating what you're hearing and just doing it over and over and over. Yeah. Um and yeah, again, that can be really frustrating as a beginner. Did you have those experiences when you were starting out in Italian and German and, and yeah, French? Yeah, absolutely. Well, in terms of mimicking, a hundred percent. Like, I I actually quite like that process of mimicking what I hear, um, like hearing something and then trying to repeat it. Um, and I guess when you just said just before, like, oh, it's straying into speaking territory. <laughs> um, thing is though that like speaking and listening are inherently related to each other and they should be it's kind of like they hold they hold hands because they're both about oral work you know listening is oral comprehension um speaking is oral production um and so they very much go hand in hand in when you do listen to something it's it's very natural to want to try and mimic it or to try and repeat it and see if your mouth can <laughs> if your mouth can handle or work out what to do with itself to make that sound or to make that collection of sounds I suppose that really is a, a word or a phrase um, but yeah that's actually a process I've always really enjoyed I I know that it's probably not something that everybody enjoys, um, but I have always liked having a go, like kind of hearing something and then, then going like, how do I conjure that in yeah. my own mouth? <laughs> oh, sounds a bit gross when I put it there. <laughs> um, like how do, I, how do I reproduce that sound? Um, and, of course, when when the pronunciation is very new to you, like I really found this when I started learning Danish, it was hard. Um, the, the pronunciation was difficult and unexpected to me and the sounds were not tying up with what I was seeing in terms of letters. And so it really took some time, still taking time. Um, it's been a year and a half now. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's, of course, it's going to take ages. Um, like trying to, trying to work out when I hear something, when I could see my teacher on the screen, of course, because it was all online, when I could see my teacher on the screen say something and I'd have to be like, can you please say that again? I need to see your, I need to see how that works with your face like I basically (laughs) like I need to see your mouth moving and understand how you just made that word sound like that yeah it's so interesting isn't it that yeah that different languages require us to put our tongue and and lips and teeth and all kinds of things in these weird positions that we've never had to do open up your mouth or close it or hold your teeth in front of your 
you know, in front of your tongue just so um, or like, you know, push air through your teeth and or not through your teeth. And yes, it's all all very interesting. Yeah, it's great. No, I, I've mm. always loved that too. And I think especially with, um, I think with Vietnamese the most, it was, you know, the, the mimicking and the practising where the, the lips and the tongue and everything had to be was, um, yeah, a huge challenge. Can, yeah. You know, always will be, but I think that's, um, but, yeah, I guess that's part of the fun too. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Did you ever have, so in when you were learning Vietnamese or, you know, when you were learning Mandarin, you know, how, how did... How did how did you manage that sort of mimicking? Like I know it was in a class context, but did you did you find as well that when you met people, have you ever had like a situation where somebody would say something and you'd like say the word straight afterwards? <laughs> yes, all the time. It used to drive my family nuts. In um, this is when we were in Vietnam anyway, because I just go around repeating what people said and just read signs endlessly in taxis just as we were driving past just say them out loud and <laughs> it would get lots of lots of giggles and but then you know people like taxi drivers can often be awesome awesome help in those situations yeah, right, exactly and it's so fun to to try and do that too I mean I do the same I also do it when I'm watching tv actually or I mean well or when I listen mm. to podcasts like I, I tend to find myself like if I hear something that's especially if it's repeated of course um but sometimes I just hear something that sounds really interesting and then afterwards I'll come out of it and I feel like I'm like repeating it afterwards <laughs> or very yeah. embarrassing no, you know, I just talking it, to myself, really. I think it's great, but you know, <laughs> especially if you if you're tucked away somewhere, not on a tram or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Are there any other ways that, um, or any other strategies that you use for listening that um, you found particularly helpful? I think you touched on it earlier, but um, when we were talking about you know listening exercises and and really tapping into the context of the overall. Um, I guess, piece that we're trying to deduce yeah, what's sure. going on. And I think, I mean, kids do this when they learn to read in their native language, really tap into the context of, of what it is they're trying to read. And I think as language learners, we probably should do that more maybe. I don't know, like um, not think it's cheating or not think it's <laughs> taking a shortcut. Like I think context is everything and and I think Absolutely. that's why, you know, having the visual sometimes is really super helpful because it does give you that extra context that yeah. you don't I, get with just a plain audio. I agree. Um, do you also think, so <laughs> I, I think that sometimes people feel like it's cheating if mm. you already know what something is about. Oh, um, for sure. But I don't, but that's but just real not, life, isn't it? It's just like well, a conversation in real yeah, life. Yeah, exactly. Like you knowing the context of something is is not it doesn't mean that you didn't understand or that your comprehension is less good of the the thing that you're about to listen to or the thing that you're you know this this goes for reading for example as well or any any other kind of language exercise it just means that you're slightly better prepared actually <laughs> and that maybe your your general comprehension will be much better because you can you can piece things together better because yes. you know what you're linking. I am um, something that I actually quite like to do um, on the weekends because um, this is how I spend my weekends. Um, cool. Is that I like to listen. I so um, 
in Australia, actually, these, these podcasts are available all around the world, but um, one of our national broadcasters, SBS, um, has lots of news broadcast in, sorry, like audio. It's, it's really, it's really radio, but the podcasts are available online um, and they are for the news of that day. So like just, you know, I guess the, the local Australian news as well as like some international headlines and things like that too. Um, but they will be available often in multiple languages for the same day. And the reason I quite like to listen to a few of those in languages that I'm learning, so it, it tends to be um, French and Italian, I like to listen to them. Um, and then I will have usually checked the Australian headlines, which I probably read already anyway. But I like to listen to um, French and Italian sometimes German as well because they've all they're all covering the same headlines yeah so once you know roughly what the news is in English and you know what's happened listening to another language is not only a little bit easier but also it means that you can there might be words that you don't understand if you'd seen them out of context but in context they do make sense because you're like oh that must be this because they're talking about something that I know they're talking about because I know that's the headline today yeah and then you can just kind of connect the dots yeah that's great so good and we're so lucky that we have access to those kind of resources yeah Um, exactly we'll put a link in the show notes for the SBS podcast too so you can check them out if you haven't already listened yes and there's a couple of good slow podcasts um for learners there too they've got it in french italian and japanese now japanese as well oh that's great. yeah japanese i think is new cool. um but yeah you can do that with any kind of slow i mean news is a good example because you're likely to get news like it you know it could be from anywhere really but if it's from a particular day and you know that the headlines are going to be similar then you can probably find it in multiple languages (laughs) Um, but I'm sure that there are lots of other things like that if you're interested in any particular topic who knows that it could be I don't know some tv show or something that people are talking about at the moment you'd like you could similarly you could do the same exercise for like reading as well because you probably find that there are many many people who've written about the same topic but in different languages Um, and then all of the vocabulary kind of becomes common yeah, for sure. I think I love that tapping into your interest thing. It's um, mm. really important for, for listening as well. Yeah. Um, one of the things I was going to say too, which um, relates to podcast listening as well, but something I do on um, uh, TV watching is slowing down the audio. Oh, yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I can put it down to 75% speed um, and it doesn't distort it too much, but it puts it at a level which it makes it just that bit easier to follow what's going on or at least grasp some of the words depending on what language it is. (laughs) I love that. Such a good idea. And you're right. You do have to be careful about not distorting it too much. I feel like I tried to do that on, what did I try to do that on? I tried to reduce the, (laughs) tried to reduce the the speed and I did it like way too much and it was just this like hilarious, like very yeah, so. yeah, 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 and that there's. I don't think there's any point in having it like that. I thought, oh, I want to try it really slow, but no, it doesn't. It doesn't really yeah. work. So I thought, oh, seventy-five percent usually is a good, a good, um, happy medium. Yeah, um, that's a great idea. I feel uh, you know actually where you could do that. Actually, we should probably check whether or not this is still the case. But um, on our last episode, um, when we were talking to Lamont, 
Um, he mentioned the language, the language reactor. Oh yes, that's where um, I was. That's where I was using it. Yep. Yeah, yep. language reactor. Um, Google, uh, sorry, Google Chrome um, extension, and I'm pretty sure on that you can reduce the um, speed of. Um, yes, definitely. The audio just slightly. Um, but, of course, yeah, you've just got to be careful about how, how slow you make it. <laughs> Otherwise, it all just becomes a bit comical. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, this is good, Beck. I wonder if, you know, we should do a a, um, a speaking and a reading and a writing <laughs> episode. No, I, I feel like you should. listening is fun, though. I mean, everything's I fun, but listening is well, fun. This is, and this goes back to, I guess, right, what we were saying at the start. Part of why listening is one of the things that I think we probably over-index on <laughs> as a learner, it can be really easy to do more listening than everything else, is because it is fun. Like it is yeah. fun to listen to another language um, as well as it being sometimes just a little bit, you know, easier to fit in because if it's slightly more passive in nature, then you can fit it in while you're doing other things, for example, you know, listening to some audio in another language or listening to music in another language mm-hmm. um, is, you know, a great way to actually practice your listening skills. Um, but you don't have to be actively like studying um, whatever that might be for you, whatever you consider to be actively studying. Um, but, you know, you could be like walking through the supermarket doing your groceries and doing some listening practice. And of course, listening is super important because if we can't understand, then we can't converse and we can't make connections. And what's the point? (laughs) Absolutely right. Oh, well, thank you for joining us on another episode of Language Chats. It's always so much fun to come and hang out with you, Beck, and and talk language. Yay. (laughs) Always a pleasure. Um, And if you have any any experiences with how you like to practice your listening skills, um, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Um, You can get in touch with us in, I guess, the usual internet places. Um, You can send us a message on Facebook, um, we are Language Lovers AU, um, or on Instagram, languagelovers.au. Um, you can also, of course, join our Facebook group, um, the Language Lovers AU community, um, or you can just, uh, you know, send us a good old email through our website, languagelovers.com.au. Yay! And if you love listening to Language Chats, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss all our future episodes which come out each fortnight. And if you're feeling super generous, um, don't forget you can jump on and leave us a rating and a review as well. We love hearing your thoughts and comments. We'll catch you again in a couple of weeks. See you next time.